When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday. Get you updated on the game here in just a second. I'm Jeff. That is Director Matthew filling in for the vacationing T. Lang, who will be back with us next week. Bulls are playing basketball in the hardwood right now. 48-38 is the halftime score. By the way, at Jay Cameron Show on Twitter, if you want to get caught up there, and uh, we'll get into some, well, just the limited games of the weekend. But uh, quick turnaround, three games, five days. We talk, talked about this yesterday when talking about Florida State and the big win over Duke. And uh, By the way, you know this. I was reading an article this morning. I was going through sort of uh, – an ACC overview of where we sit at this point. And, and this guy, the writer, uh, who I, I can't remember who I was reading, but was assessing uh, – it was it's actually in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette of all places. He was assessing the ACC, um, talking about, you know, Pitt's place in it and how terrible they are. Uh, and it reminded me, A, that I'm glad we're not Pitt right now because there was once a time where they were really good and they're just god-awful. But his point was he was from afar, and I know we did a lot of praising yesterday – in light of that big win, and so rightfully so. But from afar, he was assessing Florida State's program, and he was saying that, you know, I mean, he has no connections to, to Florida State, no connections to Tallahassee, no connections to Florida at all. And he, he's from Pittsburgh and all, and he was talking about it. He goes, yeah, man, I really admire the Florida State program. And he kind of went into why. And he was saying that at the beginning of the year when he watched us get blown out by Purdue and he saw the South Carolina game, and he was like, man, doesn't look like uh, Florida State has what they've had lately. You know, they're just not going to be very good at all. 
And I think a lot of us felt that, too. I wanted to yell out to the guy, like, yeah, man, <laughs> I think we were doing a little hand-wringing, too. But then uh, he said, you know, he was watch- he's watching the game against Miami, then he watched the game against Duke, and he's like, man, look at them. Every year, they start to round into form. Guys, figure some things out eventually. It's true, they do. I talked to somebody near the program yesterday. And they were talking about that. They were talking about the patience that it takes when you're watching a product like we saw early this season. When you know, Florida State's 11 and 5. It's not like they've got a gaudy record. It's not like we're, you know, a cinch to get in. But now you're emboldened. You're buoyed. You believe there's a chance that it can happen because you're seeing young players begin to figure it out, veteran players lead, and then having it begin to mesh. And other guys getting back and getting healthier and having opportunities and everybody kind of learning their roles. And uh, Leonard Hamilton's quote uh, about, you know, after the game was about when you have young guys and they're working their way into it and you're trying to figure things out, um, it, can, it can look bad. It can really look bad. But you have to be patient. You have to let them, you know, get in the role. Look at what they're doing. Like today, for example, Tanner and Gum is, is back out on the floor. So, we weren't sure he was going to get back out on the floor. I know Ira Chaffel has got to be elated. And Gom is, is out there again. After making just a cameo the other night, he's now been in there. He scored four points so far today. Has a block today. One of two from the field. Two of three from the free throw line. And, um, you know, they're going to give him every opportunity. And at this point, by the way, just to run it down, how we arrived at where we did, 48-38, Florida State, North Florida. I don't have the game on in studio, so obviously – uh, if you're watching, good on you. But for those that are driving around and can't, are working, uh, Caleb Mills with another great day. He's 5 of 6 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, has 15 points in the first half. Raekwon Evans having a good game as well. He's perfect from the floor to go along with 3 assists and a steal. He has 7 points. Butler with 2, Polite with 2, and then the bench scoring, as I mentioned before. Matthew Cleveland already has 9, by the way. I like that kid. There's a lot to like about that kid. My man Wyatt Wilkes has five. All right. We had begun to wash our hands a Wyatt, then he got hot the other day. So, you know, we know what Wyatt is. He's a catch and shoot guy. Catch and shoot. No pump fake. Don't need to dribble drive. Don't worry about setting others up. Catch and shoot. Another good number so far in the first half 13 of 14 free throws. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Good to be with you guys, and as for, uh, <laughs> there you go, Gator Kirk, watching the JCS and the basketball game at the same time. Good on you, man. Good workplace. That's a good workplace right there, huh? Going to throw on my radio show, going to throw on a little basketball, going to do what I do at the office. I don't know your situation, Gator Kirk, I'm just saying. So have we come around on games? Do we feel good this weekend? Do you have a, a sense, a prediction of uh, what wins, what doesn't, how it happens, the matchup you're most interested in. I would guess, and maybe I'm deflecting because I I feel less buoyed uh, every second uh, that I I think about this Rams-Bucks game, at least as the number goes. But the reports, again, going in through yesterday, uh, like nobody was playing for the Bucks. I mean, everybody was out. Everybody was out. It was insane. So it is a it's a toughie. I think your hope lies in a burgeoning, healthy secondary in Tampa. The return of Levante David last week. Hopefully another 
week stronger. Shaq Barrett uh, looked good last week. Another week stronger. I think your hope is that you're able to perhaps get a few gifts, a few Christmas presents from Matthew Stafford because he'll give them up. And that could be a game changer. Um, you know, if you if you're going to look at an area of weakness, can be strength. Stafford's a weird quarterback. There are days he looks good. Days you think that was you know the right pickup. We all thought it was at the time because he's replacing Golf, and Golf is well whatever. But then there are moments late in the year where you're like, is he going to screw this up? Is he going to pull a Golf? Is he going to start looking like some of the guys that we question, like Jimmy G with the 49ers and others? Right? Where you're like, ah. Stafford, uh, the Rams offense, when he doesn't turn it over, they rank third in passing EPA per play. They, I mean, if you, if, you, if you look at them, they're good. He just has to avoid throwing a pick. When he avoids throwing an interception and they're able to create that balance with the running game that they have, they're really efficient. They're really efficient. If you look at the Bucks offense, it's really good, too, because, well, let's be honest, Tom Brady. It's really amazing. And here's the crooks of the game. Here's the whole deal. Can a embattled in terms of injury offensive line for Tampa Bay, because when that line is healthy, you can certainly argue from a pass-blocking standpoint, it's the best offensive line in football. Actually, I don't think that's – it's not really something you'd question. When they're healthy, they block it up in the passing game better than any team in the league. They're not the best run-blocking team in the league. They're not terrible. They're good. They're plus. They're, they're a plus group. Can they block the Rams' defensive line? There's your game. There's the whole game to me. Uh, you know, this was an easy game for them uh, last week against the Eagles because they were able to prove early on that if they want, they could do whatever they wanted. From the first play of the game, you get the run right up the gut for like 15. That From that play forward, you go, they kind of can do whatever they want. If they want to run it, they can run it. If they want to pass it, they're going to have time to pass it until those injuries occurred. And when Jensen goes down, and more importantly, when Wirfs goes down, and then inexplicably, and I, the Bucks are like, they'll roll dudes out there. Man, my man is, can barely walk on his leg. They're like, you want to give it a go? Go ahead. Give it a go. And I was shocked, you know. Kerrigan just picked him up in the air. I was shocked they had Brady out there. Still throwing it. Any time <laughs> past midway through the third quarter. Well, I, I was half tongue-in-cheek when I texted you back saying I'd keep throwing it um, because we were like, I hope he gets hurt out there throwing it up. What were we up, 31 to nothing or whatever it was? And I got it from your standpoint. It made me laugh. But I was half-joking when I said to you, I actually think they're going to have to work on things. They're trying to get Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, you know, I, I Rashard Perryman. They're trying to get those guys to where they feel comfortable. Um, you know, in my mind, some sort of rhythm. The, the, it's so weird to see. So Brady, the, the, I was listening to a defender, a former NFL defender. Might have been Nikovich talking about this the other day because, of course, he played with Brady in New England. And I've grown to understand this in watching the Bucks and watching him in his two years in Tampa. The, the connection, and this is why he went to bat for the lunatic that is Antonio Brown, the understanding of what he wants 
from a player against a certain look. So, you know, obviously defenses try a lot to switch things up, and there's nothing that he hasn't seen. And his ability to process information rapidly pre-snap probably makes him uh, virtually, when, when upright, unstoppable. Because, again, he has seen everything there is to see. There aren't too many looks you're going to be able to disguise and confuse him. I mean, how many times have you been watching a game, I don't know, in the last 10 years, where you would legitimately say, man, Tom looks completely baffled. They've got him lost. Like, you never say that. When they lose, it's usually because he's getting hit. They lack weapons, something like that. It's not because he's coming to the line and not understanding what he's seen at a rate that nobody else does. It's crazy. I say nobody else. I mean, obviously Manning did when he was in the league. There are a few. Aaron Rodgers has seen pretty much everything. But even Aaron Rodgers can get confused. A year ago, you saw it. When the Eagles beat them in the Super Bowl, it wasn't from (laughs) Brady not playing well. He threw for over 500 500 yards that game. 500 yards and scored 40-something, right? It was 41-33. Yeah, I mean. Just got out-dueled. Yeah. Yeah, he gave their defense gave up even more points to uh, an unlikely source. So you know, I mean, yeah, that was Doug Peterson's big moment, buddy. That was a well called game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because he's out there completely baffled. I, I guess my point would be what he wants from guys, and I don't know that that timing's going to be there this weekend. And if you couple it with this offensive line, even Wirfs and Jensen going to play, and I assume they will. Uh, the the key to that, and you'll know in the first quarter, so I would suggest, since this is a Redemption Thursday and we lean betting on Redemption Thursdays, I would strongly suggest, because I really struggled to wrap my mind around these games with a definitive pick today. Normally I walk through the door, Matthew can tell you, Tom can tell you, and I spent a little time on it last night after the golf show. I get up in the morning, I drink my coffee, I'm looking at the matchups, I'm trying to find nuggets, kernels of information that will give us some insight there, and you know, obviously, the the better the matchup, uh, the harder it is to to circle or find a a specific thing in which you go. Well, this is not something they can overcome through scheme. This is not something they're going to be able to uh, to hide, to disguise. So, you know, every team strengths weaknesses. You're doing all that stuff. And today, man, I was this morning. I'm sitting there. Ah, this this is tough. I think it, you were dead on yesterday with your teaser. Uh, with the Bengals and Packers, because looking at the lines for the Sunday games, Rams, Bucks, and Bills, Chiefs, I don't think there's any play, at, least on, jumps. The, at least on the line. Like, nothing jumps, does it? So, if you're going through, like, the, okay, so let's start since I was talking about Tampa Bay. And I'll get to San Francisco, Green Bay in a second. We'll just go NFC here. So, Rams, Bucks, Bucks favored by three. When that line came out, I said, okay, so they say these two teams are dead even on a neutral field. I, if Godwin were playing, if there were no injuries, like we knew Fournette was a 100% go, ready to go, no problems, able to practice, and these are all big ifs, but if those things were intact, if the team was as constructed when re-signed in totality at the end of last year after a Super Bowl victory, I'd say the Bucks are better than the Rams. But that's not, the, not the way it is. It's not the way it is. Godwin is gone, and he is the catalyst for the offense. He is the workhorse in the slot, and and we know in Arian's offense you've got to have that guy. Then, obviously, Antonio Brown got himself kicked out of the league. So now you lost two guys that absolutely create mismatches because who are you going to double? Who are you going to double? To go along with uh, Evans, excuse me, and to go along with with Gronk. And you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, I mean, 
just too many weapons, plus that offensive line being able to pass block, etc. But that's not the case. He is gone. Brown is gone. Jensen did get hurt last week and hasn't practiced all week long. Going to play. We know he's going to play. We'll see how effective he can be. It's vital that he be very, very, very good. Think about the interior of the line. Think about what the Rams do defensively. Think about Aaron Donald. Think about those guys, right? Then you have a Pro Bowl right tackle who has been nothing but great since entering the league a year ago, and he goes down, and that's a high ankle sprain, and high ankle sprains are a bitch. They're not things that typically heal real easily or quickly is the better way of saying that. And I don't know if, I mean, clearly there's not structural damage because if there were, if there, if there had been, they would have had to announce it because he'd be gone. You're not going to risk his career for this game. So, you know, maybe that's just something you can tort all up and hope like hell he feels, doesn't feel anything and is able to play through without doing further damage. But short of that, and you'll know in the first quarter, that's why I say live bet, short of that, this should be three the other way. I think it should be three the other way. And the Rams did what the Bucks did a year ago, which was Annie up. At some point, you look at your roster, and you go, plus here, plus there, plus here. This is all good enough to win a Super Bowl if. And then as a GM, you're saying, this, this, that we've got. We're, all right, here's our salary cap situation. Uh, this is short-lived. We have pushed the chips to the middle of the table and said, we're making a go of it. And if we get it, great, that's the whole thing. Hoist the Lombardi, you got it forever. Those flags fly forever, and when the team falls apart in two years because you don't have the money to re-sign your Pro Bowl players, it's all right. Everybody goes, we get it, we get it. You made a run of it. Now regroup. It's an 8-8 eight eight league. It's a salary cap league. Can't suck forever. Can't turn around and just like the Bucks did from 0-2 on. Can't do that. But you do get a grace period to breathe, to get your finances right, to draft, and figure it out after a Super Bowl win in which you went out and got critical free agents and put the money to the middle of the table. And so the Rams, we said it in the offseason. We all circled them immediately. You said, outside of the Bucks, who re-signed everybody, knock on wood, health will be the key there. You moved them over here to this category of serious Super Bowl contender. Everybody knew that. Green Bay, who by rights would, once again, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't off hosting game shows or spouting espousing cockamamie theories, you, then you knew then at that moment, okay, well, if they come together and he plays and cares and they're all on the same page, the Packers will be elite again. Great. And then we went Rams. Got a quarterback. Okay. To go with everything else. They're, that's obviously a contender. And they come in healthy. They come in feeling good. They come in flying high. They come in hungry like the Bucks were hungry a year ago. And that's it's a deadly combination. Hungry against a, you know, embattled and beat up and um, slightly shorthanded team. I think I'm winning Rams, but I don't. I, I think I'm going to live bet the game. I think I'm going to just live bet the game. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take a number there. The 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 other uh, game, which is potentially great, same situation though. Is San Francisco healthy enough? I like the matchup for the 49ers offense. The rush defense for the Packers is 28th in EPA this year. Um, the 49ers want to run the ball. The Packers struggle to stop the run. Shorten the game, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, pray that Jimmy G doesn't throw interceptions. There's your game plan. My man, I'm gonna have to make you're gonna have to make a few key throws on third down. Try not to screw this up. It's weird to say that out loud for a guy that's taken a team to the Super Bowl, but it's true. It's like you kind of, that's where you're at. 
Basketball game, seven points. I had a fear this would be close. Three games, five days, look-ahead game exhausted. No Malik Osborne, emotional high the other night, followed by a, a four-win team rolling into the TLC Double C. No legs, no emotion. Could make it tough. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 nailed the bump for this segment because uh, that's the way I felt walking in the building today. Not down, not depressed. Great song. Low key. Didn't sleep well last night. It's cold and overcast in Tallahassee. Got a freaking noon basketball game. Kind of tough. I think we came down from the high of the basketball game the other night. Now you got to get yourself back up. I'm not so sure the basketball team has. I'm not so sure I have. We're kind of just like, all right. Sleep back and listen to the Stones. It's going to be all right. It's a good call. I see where um, this game is going to be a problem for me trying to do a radio show. It's 56 to 53. Okay. Okay. Here we go. How am I supposed to concentrate and talk to people and entertain at the same time while I'm worried that my knolls are going to come crash landing after such an emotional win before heading off to Miami? No. No, 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 no. And the uh, Ospreys are... Uh, Straight up shooting the lights out. 10 of 17 from three. Let them fly, boys. In particular, Hicklin, and I guess that's Adedin. I don't know. I'm probably not saying his name correctly at all, but those two are, uh, yeah, a cool 7 11 combined from three. Get a hand up. Get your hand up. They're letting it fly. Are you pulling it up? Oh, man. A dead a ween. A dead a ween. A dead a ween can fire. Three of three from beyond the arc, and uh, Hicklin is four of eight. So, again, we'll keep you posted. 59-53, Knowles, now. That's uh, good news. All right. Just win the game. This is one of those games. You do it all the time. Just get the W. Prefer it not be by a point. I'll be nervous. We were talking about San Francisco and Green Bay. I thought it was a perfect matchup for the 49ers from a standpoint of the 49ers offense against the Packers defense. The Packers struggle against the uh, run. Green Bay, uh, if they if they don't have the opportunity, 
to uh, to shut that down. Let's say they don't shut that down. Then you give Jimmy a lot of opportunities to throw with advantage as opposed to anything behind the change with chains, which will have most San Francisco fans biting their nails. Uh, so we'll, we'll see Packers offense against 49ers defense. This has been, well, a really, 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 really good group. They're number one in passing EPA per play. They're number six in rushing EPA per play. They're an elite offense. And if Nick Bosa, Fred Warner are both, I mean, right now it looks like they're trending to play. They got hurt, by the way, by having this game um, to be on it's, it's on a Saturday. That that sucks. That sucks. But uh, Bakhtiari is back on the offensive line for Green Bay, so I'm gonna guess. Are we leaning towards shootout here? High scoring in freezing cold weather. Pull up that weather. By the way, Packers minus six. Packers are off a bye in this game. That's a steeper price, but that's a big price. That's a big price to me. Uh, what's Looking at a 12-degree game in Green Bay. Players tell you that I've never played anything like that, 12 or 5 or 7 or 9 or anything like that. But players will tell you you can play in cold. It's the uh, it's the wind and the rain that uh, will upset offenses. So it is worth noting that some people are saying that the uh, injury to Garoppolo or the injuries, the hand and the shoulder, are worse than what the team is disclosing. So that might be a factor as well. This game screams "Don't bet me," unless you're going to bet the total over. I mean, I, I I feel that way about Bills and Chiefs. That line is too low. Either way, if you want to tease it. And I wouldn't touch the one and a half, but if you tease it up to five and a half for Buffalo, that's, I mean, 20. So so the total, now you can shop that total. I've seen it as low as 52. I've seen it, you know, 54 and a half. Where, where are you seeing it? Total for Chiefs, Bills. Uh, I'm seeing it at 53 and a half okay. right now. Okay. <laughs> shop it around. Find your totals. You think it's too low? I no, think, I, think, I think the line is too low. Right. Oh, you do, because if you tease that up to five and a half for Buffalo, that's that's still too low. You want either six. Yeah, or you want to get across the important numbers, sure. And you're not going to tease it for Kansas City over a touchdown in this game with these offenses. Man, that game's going to be awesome. I have not, other than a Bucks game, I have not been this excited, like childlike, giddy to watch a football game in a long time. That Bills team has a whole lot of. Anger to them. I mean, now it could be just the dismantling of New England that remains fresh in my mind. Obviously, if you watch a guy go down the field seven consecutive possessions and score and only get stopped once taking a knee for the first time ever in postseason history, then you can't help but come away very impressed. And the Chiefs do the weirdest things. That number, obviously, Mahomes had a great game, but it's zero to zero in the middle of the second quarter last week. And I don't think they can afford to start that slow again. I mean, don't you feel like if the Bills get up a couple of scores and it turns into the track meet when the Chiefs wake up that the Chiefs end up losing this game crazily, like like 48-34, something like that? Like, you could see it. What a weird damn team Buffalo is. Think about them earlier in the year. Well, we start the year, they look like the best team in football. 
and it's on the heels of them getting so much better a year ago, and you thought that is a that is a, a team on the rise and a quarterback on the rise. They go through some spells, some of it brought on by injury, where all of a sudden they really are wildly inconsistent offensively, and you know they get some really ugly losses. All of a sudden, I mean, it, it doesn't get worse than losing to Jacksonville. Although the Colts said we'll do it when it matters more, <laughs> but you you watch that and. You think, oh man, it's something something's amiss. There were accuracy issues, all that stuff was going on, and then it's like, right at the ship, here we go, get you some, gonna destroy whatever's before us. Good for them. Those are starving fans who I like, passionate fans who I like. Update: Florida State sixty-one, Ospreys fifty-five. I believe that is correct. Trying to give you the latest. As we uh, come in and out of breaks, yeah, 11.49 to go in the game. Florida State leads North Florida 61-55. to A weird makeup game, tipped at noon if you're driving around saying, why is he giving us update scores there? Again, not an ideal spot for Florida State in the sense that you do want to make up games, you want to garner wins, you want to you know bolster the record. This is certainly not going to do anything for you from a uh, a rankings standpoint unless you lose it. And the fear is that uh, dead legs, dead emotions, tough to get up for a 4-14 four and 14 team who's 0-11 on the road. To note, North Florida is 0-11 on the road. Let not, let, let, let not th- this be the one, please. Can we not do that? 11-49, 61-55, Florida State leads. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Back to Camera Show Redemption Thursday, really quick. James B on the chat. Thank you so much. Uh, that I can't express uh, my gratitude, uh, other than to say, I mean, significantly, other than to say to you, thank you, man. That is awfully kind of you to contribute to what we do here at Warchant TV and the Jeff Cameron Show, and and I know you support all the shows and all the guys here, and it means a lot. So thanks for your contributions. I didn't see it previous segment or I would have got to it but I see it now and bravo uh update between Florida State and uh, North Florida good news Florida State 67 North Florida 56 for Florida State they're led by 19 uh from Caleb Mills who's been really good today again seven of nine from the field one of two from beyond the arc four of four from the free throw line he also has two rebounds three assists one steal and uh, has zero turnovers. So this is as good a game as you're going to get. Um, and he is obviously a very, very talented player. But by the way, Florida State's bench, 10 from Ngom, overwhelming size advantage, 4 of 5 from the floor, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, has block, and uh, 10 points there. So 14 also for Matthew Cleveland off the bench. He's 5 of 11. The news today is good for Cleveland in the sense that this is a kid that has not been hitting free throws. He's 4 of 5 from the free throw line today. Uh, has 7 rebounds. Man, is he athletic. Uh, to go along with the 14 points. Good for him. So that's what we got. 67 
56, 939 to play. Uh, to answer a couple of questions, kind of that kind of day, so fire away with them if you got them. Uh, unfortunately, does not appear. Unless, Ryan, if you want to put a request into my bosses, uh, yeah, I can come to the Dallas Booster Club meeting. I'm not scheduled to. But if enough of you say, hey, we want Cameron in Dallas, who knows? Might get a flight to Dallas out of this. <laughs> I like Dallas-Fort Worth. I've been there several times. It's a fine area indeed. I'll come hang out, rub elbows with the rich, talk about Florida State's future. Speaking of the future and our place in it, good article today, credit where credit's due, Ross Dellinger uh, for SI. It's a long read. I'm not going to go back over this for you, but a lot of really interesting quotes here. And uh, it, it portends, it certainly seems, of some massive shifts in the world of college football and the NCAA. And one of the things I thought was fascinating, and you can go read that article. I posted it on my Twitter feed, at Jay Cameron Show, if you're interested. I'm sure you are when you get some downtime. Again, it's a lengthy article, but it's worth your time. And I was, you know, right off the bat, it grabs you. Uh, if anyone knows the issues within the NCAA, it's Betsy Mitchell. Mitchell, but she was an athlete, one of college athletics' richest juggernauts. Texas has been a coach at Division One's lowest tier, and now is the athletic director of one of the NCAA's smallest schools, Division Three Caltech. She immediately understands the disparities between the NCAA's 1,000 member schools, and she's got a suggestion to fix it. The commercial priorities of some members means they need to do their own thing. I kind of wished they would. And it goes on to describe the rapid growth of a now bloated Division I and surging revenues at the top of the college football world, creating an untenable situation. Schools governing under the same umbrella despite striking disparities. As the new gap splinters the haves and haves-nots, college sports leaders are gearing up for the most transformative year in the industry since the late 1970s, a now 50-year-old fight barreling towards figuratively a bloody ending change is imminent this is going to be a time of rebirth at this week's 2022 ncaa convention in indianapolis just blocks away from the ncaa's own headquarters college leaders are poised to take the first step in the process of transforming how college athletics govern themselves a new streamlined constitution one that grants authority to each division to create its own policy is expected to be approved today in a vote of Division One, Two, and Three members. It sets the stage for a much more important step: the restructuring of Division One athletics. So we'll see. And a microcosm of the NCAA Division Ones is a fractured group of 350 schools, 32 conferences, three. Subjections, FBF, FCS, and non-football playing members whose differing resources, missions, and abilities have made it nearly impossible to regulate competitive equity. All right. You're shooting down bots over there. You're getting praised for it. Yeah, that's just what I do, you know. They come out in, in mass on this show for some reason. Every day we have it's a the, Russian it's bot. A, it's a Russian bot making it. They're trying to get to us. Either that or... Somebody trying to post unsavory videos of 
you don't let the unsavory videos fly for a while. Oh, I didn't see it. Sorry about all that ass in the chat. I didn't see it. Now I gotta, I'll come sloop it in. Actually, clean this thing up. Clicked on the link. <laughs> yeah, I would love for there to be like sometimes. I'll forget to check. I go long stretches at a time because I get frustrated with uh, social media and the lack of nuance on something like, say, Twitter, right? Where if you say something, then it's it's always black and white. It's you know, no nuance on Twitter, and uh, and I'll forget to check it, and then somehow I'll get added a bunch of times, and I'll be like, oh, what happened here? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes people are like, hey, you're an a hole. Other times, like, oh, we love you. Whatever it is, right? But. Uh, I <laughs> I would love for there to be a trending moment born out of this show's chat room in which they're like, have you gone to the Jeff Cameron show's chat room lately? And it's just entitled, the thread's just entitled, ass in the chat. <laughs> That's all it is. Like, what is going on? Matthew! Quick update before we break. It is Florida State pulling away. Get you some Ospreys! You don't just roll on into the TLC double C and expect to walk away with a victory here. You especially don't when you're 0-11 on the road. <laughs> Meaning you quite literally did not expect to stroll on into the TLC double C and expect to get a victory today. It is 72 to 56. Knowles starting to put it on the Ospreys. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Don't have to be beautiful. 72-56-742 to play. Jeff Cameron Show Redemption Thursday. Keep you updated. Things look good for Florida State. Redemption Thursday meaning... I don't think we like the total in the San Francisco. Uh, we don't like the number in the San Francisco Green Bay game. Giving six doesn't feel good. Taking six doesn't feel good. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think you had it right yesterday with teasing it down to a uh, Green Bay pick'em. I'll tease it to a Green Bay pick'em for the win. I may end up. I'll be honest with you. I may tease up the Rams. I may. I may. I mean, I'm already getting three. You can be the Rams in nine. So give me the Rams in nine and the Packers on a pick them for the teaser of the day. Doubling down on the Packers. I feel like, the, yeah. I I want to be wrong. I would rather San Francisco win that game. Well, they, I, I, it's a weird thing. It would set up great either way. So think about that scenario playing out, why that's great as an NFL football fan. Okay. Selfishly, I'm a Bucks fan. I want them to win a second consecutive Super Bowl I want them to do whatever they have to do to make that happen. If you're not a Bucks fan, you don't want to see that happening because I'm like you. Uh, I, I If a team wins a Super Bowl, I don't want to see them win it again the next year. So I don't care who they are. Unless it's your team, you don't want to see somebody win back-to-back Super Bowls. Got it. All right. But we're also football fans. We're also huge fans of the drama, uh, the soap opera, uh, the, the money that's involved in terms of who gets paid, who doesn't, what coach stays, what coach doesn't. That's why every year, and this is so well done from the NFL. I mean, even they just they fall into it. Some of it's a setup. Some of it's stuff that they've done. They've engineered. They've done a good job with baseball. Could learn something from the NFL in this regard. But 
when eight jobs are open, Matt, you you listen, you you can't help but kick around with your buddies over a cold one which of those jobs you'd want. You put yourself and and what does that lead to? It leads to you assessing an organization in its totality. And no very few sports do you do that. You're usually assessing players only, coaches only, not organizational structure. But the NFL has invited us in in such a way that from the top down, you can look historically at what an organization has been, especially if there's been consistency of ownership. So, for example, the Washington football team is a mess. We know this. Dan Snyder is a mess. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I remember talking to Brad Johnson after he had been in Washington. Okay, so this that's how long ago this was. Brad Johnson in Washington. Now... Having been retired for quite a long time, Brad Johnson. And he couldn't wait to leave, and he was putting up numbers. If you go back and look, Brad Johnson lit it up for Washington. And I asked him about it, and he was like, I, uh, he took his wife to a dinner that they were invited to, like a, a team th- function. And again, I, I'm going to be intentionally vague here. He was mortified by Dan Schneider's behavior and the lack of leadership. And who the man was. And and basically was like, yeah, the sooner I can get out of here, the better. Because because guys can look and say, This isn't gonna go well. This isn't it, it, he may not do anything personally affronting to me as the starting quarterback. He may know enough not to say anything to me, but I can see the way he treats people. I can see the way he interacts with people, in particular women. I can see the way that he is with uh, those that are subservient to him in the organization. And I don't want to be around a guy or work for a guy who treats people like this. This never ends well if you do, right? So think about how far back that goes. Well, we're all aware of that. You've read countless articles. I have too. And we do it for each organization. And we know who the owners are. We know the Steelers and the Ravens have been as well run as any organization in sports for a very long time, especially the Steelers, right? And then you go back through and you you, you try to – everybody else fits somewhere uniquely within that ranking system in our minds that we then debate when we see the job opening. Do you have good support? Is there good leadership? Do you have to work with a GM that you bring in, or is there one existing that you like that has made the decision to move on from the previous coach, but you could get along with just fine, and has shown the capability of putting together a roster? Because I think as a coach, and a lot of these guys want to be able to make their own decisions as far as personnel goes, because all the way back to Bill Parcells talking about coaching a team, putting a team together, they won't let you shop for the groceries, you remember the quote? So, you know, but the problem is that takes up a lot of your time and energy, and if you have a guy who can do it really well, Jason Light in Tampa has put together a roster now. There's no getting around that. It's Tom Brady came into a ready-made situation. Now, I'll grant you, bringing Gronk around helped a lot, and we appreciate that. And those two guys are major factors in the Bucks' dominance. But it's not like Godwin wasn't already there. It's not like Evans wasn't already there. It wasn't like they didn't draft Vita Villa. It wasn't like Levante David wasn't already there. Shaq Barrett wasn't already there. JPP wasn't already there. Devin White drafted by Jason Light. You go on down the list, right? So all of the, so if you got a guy who's shown he can do that, what a nice situation to step into. And we go into these weekends, these divisional playoff rounds impact that history and what we think about players, legacies, and everything else. This is it's year round. It's year round. And here we are this weekend coming in, and you're thinking, well, okay, so 
this legacy could be taken, and, and we probably do it too much, and I get tired of it, and I know the talking points and the talking heads, they get fed this, they get told, they have to talk about how does this impact Aaron Rodgers' legacy, what does this do for Tom Brady if he wins an eighth Super Bowl, whatever that might be, right? Go on down the list. It gets old. But we all privately do it sitting around with our friends. Like, where are you as an organization? Where do you fit in the pantheon of all these? If we look at the league and teams that make up the fabric of that league, where, where, how much uh, of the patch is yours? Everybody's just fighting for the expanded patch. You want to look at that quilt, if you will, and say, look at that big old spot for the Bucks." The biggest spots are for the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Packers, the Niners. You know, those are the biggest, the Steelers, those are the biggest packs or swaths. Everybody else is just trying to expand. Some people just want something other than their helmet, their little tiny-ass helmet. Think about it. If you're Detroit, you just got this little tiny helmet on there. If you're Arizona, little tiny-ass helmet. Who has the smaller helmet, Detroit or Jacksonville? Jacksonville. <laughs> well, they're newer, and also, was the quilt being put together with under the mindset of since the league began or the modern era, Super Bowl era? Because if it's Super Bowl era, Detroit's quilt is very, I mean, that is a tiny helmet. But if it's all-time NFL, then they get, they get a bit of a pass like Cleveland does because of the pre-Super Bowl era dominance at times of stretches of time. You know what I mean? Chicago's got a big part of the quilt. This is completely random. But this is uh, kind of what the show is today. Yeah. I saw a video yesterday of Barry Sanders. Just some highlights. You didn't grow up watching Barry Sanders. No, I'm considerably long- younger than you are. Um, mm, that is true. It's like he was running, he could see four seconds into the future. Some of the cuts, and uh, it, it just made no sense. Did you notice in that highlight video that I have now seen a million times because it's the one released that was put together by the NFL years ago? Notice how many times those moves are against the Bucks. <laughs> I mean, he killed, we were in the same division back then. He killed the Bucks. There's one where poor John Lynch, who's a Hall of Famer, is made to look silly. Then again, don't feel bad, John. So did everybody else. Yeah, I tell people, we have this discussion. It's like, and now I've lived long enough to where we're far enough removed from Barry Sanders' career that I forget that people in their 30s, Really didn't watch Barry Sanders play. They really didn't get to. I mean, I remember him at Oklahoma State. Go ahead and cringe. My God. <laughs> but I remember him. Yeah, I remember him in the Gator Bowl over in Jacksonville. But he, yeah, he was a. It was a video game. It. It. it yes, the vision, the stop start. Plus, he was. I mean, if you think about what he was, too, he was so low to the ground with that ability to get, you know, to get small behind the line of scrimmage. But he had huge legs. Guys bounced off of him. And then, of course, he'd make you miss in a phone booth. So it was was unreasonable, the skill set that he had. 77-67, Florida State, 422 to play. Knowles being led currently uh, 21 from Caleb Mills. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with 